Hello, welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have reached the end of Nasty November. Woo. Woo? It's Woo. been a great month. Well, it has, but you know, the tides turn and it, seasons yeah. change and things have to go on. Uh, uh, wow, that was fucking deep. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we're continuing a trend of having fantastic films. Well, fantastic. Maybe not fantastic. Yeah. Enjoyable, enjoyable you need films. To calm down a little bit. I, well, it's it been a, a good month. Killer nun, you know. <laughs> Come on. Spoiler. Sorry. Uh, and of course, we've had guests throughout the month, and for our final nasty November guest for this year, we have someone who is part of an ever-growing Instagram film community. Someone who writes some of the best reviews I've seen on the platform. Uh, she's one of the hosts of the Cinemumble podcast, a member of our Gasp Film Festival team, and a good friend of the podcast. It's Kim from Kim Cinema Escape. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for joining us. So we have some questions. And since the start of the month, I've started preparing people for these questions. Sorry, George. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone recalls our Evil Dead episode. Um, so what led to your love of films and what made you want to start an Instagram account dedicated entirely to films? Um, so my mum was always big into films, especially horror. Um, and... So just generally watched a lot of films growing up. Um, and then I did media studies in college and like the film part of that, I just, I don't know, it was the only thing that I was like really good at. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I did, then I did film at uni because of that. And then, yeah, just watched a lot. And then I think, when did I start my Instagram? Back in 2018. Um, I moved up here. I didn't really know anyone. So I kind of had a lot of free time and just thought, I wanted to start something me and my friend used to have a blog and then we couldn't carry it on for a while and then yeah just wanted a little outlet to write reviews and things and still going nice, so nice. yeah and as i mentioned in your intro you have your own podcast yourself uh one that discusses a very wide range of films and subjects we had a listen to showgirls and sunset boulevard two of my favorite films <laughs> Uh, so tell us a little more about that and uh, how that came about. Um, yeah, so I started out with my friend Tom, who's also on Instagram. Um, we just, I think it all started off because we had a live debate on Instagram about Hereditary and I loved it. He hated it. So we just that kind of how we started our friendship and thought we wanted to carry it on. And um, we haven't done any of it in a while, but we're hoping next year to get back onto it. It was, we tend to just pick a random film for each other to discuss and then he had a bit of an old film education and I was giving him all things to watch things like M, Sunset Boulevard and Dumb and Dumpy, that sort of thing so yeah, we're hoping to get back onto it nice. next year and yeah and then, So next time we'll have you both on and means it won't be nasty <laughs> if it's not nasty November we can pick something you can pick something classic Maybe yeah, we could do a yeah. sort of double bill. Maybe try Hereditary again. <laughs> I don't believe anyone could watch that performance from Tony Collette and not enjoy it. Oh God, you'd think so, mm. but no. I yeah, we can't even talk about it anymore because <laughs> no. it's too much debate. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on the Video Nasties era as a whole? So I realised when you sent me the list how little I'd seen at yeah. first, um, but. Because my mum was really big into horror. She, her, one of her favourites is Evil Dead. So she always talked about that. But I didn't really know much about what happened at the time. And um, I think I thought it was like real life films. Almost like snuff type films. So that's what I thought it was when I was a kid. And then 
I've seen a handful now and you kind of just realise it's just our typical UK government being yes. moral panic and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I had no, I didn't really have much information about it. And it's funny because I was looking into it earlier and the, is it the Hungerford massacre came up? My mum used to live there and she, I remember her talking about it and that was never a thing. She never mentioned any of the video nasty stuff. It's bizarre that I've had all these things that I've spoken about in the past and no one's ever brought it up, but she loves horror films, so she wouldn't ever blame it on that. But yeah, it's, I'd hate the argument that violence in film causes violence in real life. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to look back on it, but bullshit absolutely yeah and i think it definitely um and i've said this a lot throughout the month it it kind of helped make some of these films more noticeable for people because i mean stuff like what we're talking about today killer nun who'd be looking back at something called killer nun if it wasn't highlighted it's true on a video nasty list and and poor kim she essentially just said she had classier taste in film (laughs) And we forced her to sit here and talk about Killer Nun. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love, I love a bit of schlock. Yeah. I grew up in the golden age of horror of the noughties. So. <laughs> so do you have a favourite and least favourite video nasty? Um, so with the few that I've seen, I think obviously Evil Dead is a classic, but my favourite is Tenebrae. I love that film. It's my favourite Argento favorite of that the soundtrack is my favorite soundtrack in a film <laughs> so um yeah i do love that and my least favorite um i wasn't that keen on blood feast um but i can't really remember much about it <laughs> so <laughs> that's obviously telling um but yeah i also wasn't a fan of cannibal holocaust either yeah that's definitely it's, i draw the line at real life animal yes. violence <laughs> yeah. all the other stuff i could I can deal with. I don't mind gore, but yeah, the animal cannibal, not my. So yeah, yeah, that seems to be a thing in a lot of the Italian cannibal films from that era, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a stain on those. Oh, well, yeah, a stain on those films. It's called fucking cannibal holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I think, my feelings on, especially that film particularly, if you can do all the practical effects with yeah. the other violence. You have no justification to do it for animals. It's yeah. true. It's just like, you just do the same thing. Yeah. For, like, I don't know. So it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the question we're all dying to know, what made you choose Kill and None? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, as I said earlier, I had to kind of narrow down what yeah. I had access to, <laughs> but I think its title just tells you exactly what it's going to be. And I love that. Yeah. Um, but I do like trying to find random female characters and all that sort of thing. And it just screamed out to me a bit like this is either going to go like super misogynistic <laughs> or get some proper sassy female character. And I was like, I'll give this a go. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, of, of course, we are talking about Killer Nun from 1979, a film loosely based on uh, Cecile Bombeek, who was a middle aged nun who committed a series of murders in a geriatric hospital in Belgium in 1977. Oh. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you just said, Kim, where do we feel like this stands between... with with the female representation? Because um, it's, it's really in the middle somewhere for me, because 
my problem is mostly the mental health representation. Um, but there are, it's, there's definitely some questionable female representation in here, I feel. Yeah, it's a bit mixed. I think in some ways it's actually a bit ahead of its time. Yeah. But in some other ways it's just very of its time. Yeah. Like, there's just unnecessary nudity and things like that. Um, but, I don't know, some people might read it differently, the scene, but when she goes out of the convent and she's out trying to pick up a man, I kind of think that's actually quite well done. Yeah, yeah, that um, was, yeah. Some, I don't know, I guess that's just a personal opinion, but that sort of thing, you just, I don't know, just own, owning her sexuality yeah, is yeah, kind of quite good to see, but... I think for me, it, I was nervous it was going to be exploitation. So Anita Egbert was a, a certain age. She mm. was, you know, it'd been a couple of decades since the Dolce Vita. So I assumed they would sort of maybe make fun of her age or she would not be able to deal with aging. And that's why she was a, a killer or, you know, why yeah. she had mental health problems. But in fairness, they never really mentioned her age or really judged her age she went out and she was sexual and you know she the, the camera sort of lingered where it would normally linger when with a bit of tna in mm. these kind of films yeah so I, I thought that was quite forward yeah absolutely to a certain degree i was shocked at uh, at the inclusion of a bit of uh, health anxiety in here like with her towards the beginning um, but I'd just like to make it clear for any listeners, as someone who suffers from health anxiety, it does not make you want to do heroin and have hallucinations about murdering people. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. No. Um, no, and I don't want to look into you for confirmation. Are we that? <laughs> I, I mean, the, well, yeah, it's a very 1979 way of looking at it, but it surprised me that it, it, it was in there, because it's not very often you see that in horror. No. No. I mean, I, I thought this year's hypochondria, I thought it was the first time that I'd seen it in a film. But then I remembered we watched this and I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not great representation. No, it's not. Is, no. You know. Probably could have done without it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can vouch for the fact that Gary is neither homicidal or <laughs> um, a heroin addict. I mean, but her love for men, on the other hand, I don't know if that was brought on from the health anxiety. I don't know. <laughs> well, you do make me wear stockings on the other occasion, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, written and directed by Giulio Baruti, who directed We Are Like Fireflies, and he wrote Baba Yeager, The Long Arm of the Godfather, The Others, They Changed Their Faces, Green Tree, and White Fang and The Lone Hunter. Baba Yeager, that was uh, a film, wasn't it? That was boring, wasn't it? it was if boring. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, he loves a lesbian narrative. Though, he, he does, he does. The 70s style lesbian the, the, narrative. Yeah, yes. Um, Co-written by Enzo Gallo. This is his only film. And Alberto Taralo. This is the only film he wrote, but he produced plenty of made-for-TV Italian melodramas. Oh, that sounds promising. Does this surprise you? This film was um, written by all men? Uh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No way. And I can't say how much it made or how much it was made for because that information is not available anywhere. Well, we didn't get Killinan 2. Once, yeah. Back the in is, the drug habit. So. <laughs> I always say that. I don't know. I'm assuming if a film ever makes money, it's going to get some sort of sequel. 
Yeah, so, especially in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cashed in, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Giallo's generally didn't, though, I suppose. I can't think of a Giallo with a true. sequel. I can't think of one Giallo sequel. No. no. I guess they were kind of, once the mystery's unfolded, yeah. how do you then carry yeah. that on? This could be a separate story anyway, so you might as well just do a completely different thing. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Should we find out who's in it? Oh, yeah. In a uh, section we like to call, Hey, I know you. I was hoping you were going to learn it in Italian. <laughs> that was Italian. Oh, was it? Oh, that heroin. Really did. <laughs> so, of course, Anita Ekberg stars as Sister Gertrude, uh, famous for La Dolce Vita, Lost in Translation, Blood Alley, Sign of the Gladiator, War and Peace, Intervista, She, Security Hazards Expert, Gold oh, of the that sounds good. <laughs> Gold of the Amazon Women, and many more. Yes. I have to admit something. What? I feel like I've been going around telling people that Ursula Andress you have been. started in this film. I feel like I, I don't may know have been why. doing the same. I felt, but yeah, it's not. It's Anita Egberg, uh, most famous, obviously, for flouncing around in the Cherry Fountain in La Dolce Vita. Um, I thought she was fantastic in this. Uh, yeah. Really good. But uh, do you know, it's a better performance than an exploitation film in 1979 deserves. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, she's she's on board with the camp value, but she's is a very very serious performance as well. Like, I mean, it would have been easy to completely ham this up. Yeah, which I don't feel like she. I feel like she's got that right level there. She's just. Yeah, I suppose that maybe they didn't tell her it was a uh, giallo film. No, this is a uh, melodrama about a nun who's addicted to uh, heroin. (laughs) She, I mean, she's not part of any of the murder scenes, is she? she even... That's true. That's so true. They, she might have been filming a different film. <laughs> and they just inserted these death scenes into it. Yeah, do we think this is her actual voice on the English dub? No, she's Swedish. She's yeah, Swe- yeah. So, there's yeah. no Swedish accent there. So, there? so she she genuinely could have been every every si- yeah every everyone in this film. Despite, I mean, Anita Egberg could speak English quite mm, well. That's what I meant. You, you know, Joe D'Alessandro, he could speak English. Yeah. You know, he was, you know, American. Um, but everyone's dubbed for some reason. It's, uh, do you know why that, cause I feel like it's all Italian cinema yeah. and I yeah. still don't really <laughs> get to the bottom of it. Do you know, do you guys know why that? No, no. no. It usually, it usually adds for more entertainment when you watch it with the English dub because it's usually really over-exaggerated. Mm. Um, I don't feel it was that bad. This... I, it, it wasn't it was, great. No, it, but it wasn't, wasn't awful. No. Like well, some of them, it's, it's just so worse. distracting. There were moments. I think what happens with the Italian films, and correct me, uh, anyone listening, if I'm wrong, but because I think a lot of the extras and the other actors don't speak English, so they do their lines in Italian, so they mm. might as well just do a whole dub for the whole film, yeah. Yeah. rather than having to use the... Um, audio at the time um they just dubbed the whole thing cheap you know get mm. cheaper you probably have like one person doing five different voices randomly um i think i think that's probably how it works yeah. it begs the question why you cast people who can't all speak the same language unless it's meant for the plot i find it really interesting yeah <laughs> yeah i suppose you have to have those names though Someone like mm-hmm. Anita Egberg, you know, it's a big deal. I think if, if we're being honest, the 
sort of idea that Anita Egberg is probably going to play a lesbian nun is a selling point for the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Thanks for your honesty. Are we... I appreciate that. <laughs> Welcome. You know, are we going to see her naked? And, you know, I know yeah. it sounds quite crass, but well, a lot the... of these films are based on... Oh, absolutely. You know, I think famously... Was it, it's this actual Ursula Ur- Andress in Mountain of the Cannibal God. Mm. Like a huge deal. Oh my God, you finally see girl. her naked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a big selling point for what was the throwaway cannibal film. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to see Ursula Andress. Andress. Yeah. You know, so I, th- I think it could stems from that, really. Yeah. That also kind of leads to a point I want to make about the, uh, the gay representation in this and any... Film involving lesbians in the seventies. You, you'd look back and you'd think, you know, if you don't know anything about this film, you'd be like, oh, do you know what? That's great. So many films with lesbian characters and everything. This is another case of it's literally just here for for its targeted audience. It's not nothing sincere about it whatsoever. No, no, and I, I don't, I don't think any uh, lesbians are. That at home say, I'm going to watch Kill and Run for the representation. <laughs> I think this is going to be great representation. For, yeah. um, for nuns or for lesbians. Massimo <laughs> um, Mas- Serato is in this as Dr. Poire. Oh. Poire, um, I think is how we're saying I feel like saying Poirot because... I kept reading it as Poirot. It's Poirot because Poirot's Belgian. This is set in Belgium. I thought I heard him say Poirot. Yeah, they're wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. Right. Okay. It's Poirot. Poirot. But Poirot, like Hercule Poirot. Okay. I'll go with Poirot. Yeah. <laughs> so Dr. Poirot, um, he was in Don't Look Now, The Omen, The Bloodstained Shadow. Don't Look Now? He was the bishop yeah. in Don't Look Now. Oh, no. One of my yeah. favourite films. It's one of those episodes. All my favourite films are coming up. I was Uh, trying to think. I was like, I can't remember who he's in that, but he's in it, so that's good. (laughs) Uh, He's in The Humanoids, The Sun Rises Again, The Executioner of Lily, or Lyle, uh, Camille 2000, uh, Autopsy, and many more. Wow. Okay. And a lot of people have been in Camille 2000 this month, haven't they? Have they? On this podcast. I swear I've said that multiple times. I don't know. Should get a reputation oh. if you're talking about it like that. Uh, what do you think about his short-lived performance? Yeah, it was fine. Film? I don't know. <laughs> just I don't, yeah, I... he's just is in it. <laughs> like nothing remarkable. If really. anyone, uh, frequent listeners to the podcast will know that sometimes we struggle to remember men. <laughs> I struggle to remember them. Like, oh, was he in Don't Look Now? All I remember is Julie Christie. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we won't we won't struggle to remember this guy who apparently did a fair bit himself for the uh, LGBTQ plus community back in the day. Joe D'Alessandro was Dr. Patrick Rowland. Yes, he yeah. was. He won uh, a Teddy Award. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. For this film? Not for this film. Oh, no. fuck <laughs> you know, I say. In general. He didn't win fuck all for in general. this film. <laughs> you, you know what a Teddy Award is? No. What is it? Like for contributions to the LGBTQ plus. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he worked a lot with Andy Warhol and that era of films. He was in Flesh of Frankenstein, Blood for Dracula, Trash, Flesh. He was in Lonesome Cowboys, Crybaby, uh, The Limey, Black Moon, Miami Vice, Theodore X, Matlock, Queen Lear. Yes. 
Queen, Queen Lear. Lear, that sounds good. <laughs> the Climber and many more. Yeah, I he was, I think, really objectified in a lot of those Andy Warhol films. He was. He was the kind. Of, he was the actor that would go full frontal in in those kind yeah. of films. Um, you know, back at the time when male actors didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he he's done a lot for the LGBTQ he has, community. He has. And and just to confirm, um, it is the Teddy Awards because I was very vague about it. It is an international film award uh, for films with LGBTQ plus topics. Oh, nice! Yeah, won an award. Uh, Alida Vali is Mother Superior, and she was of course in Suspiria, Inferno. The Third Man, Eyes Without a Face, The Parodying Case, uh, Angel of Death, Probably Love, Fatal Frames, 1900, that five-hour film where Rob De Niro gets his knob out. Yes, that's true. Um, and many more. We've got a theme going on here. <laughs> <laughs> and many more. Um, yeah, she must have... Uh, she must have been paid a good amount for this because they definitely couldn't afford for much, could they? She... <laughs> no. <laughs> There's one scene where you see the back of someone's head and it's meant to be her and it's like, that's not yeah. her. She She's had a not fair there. afternoon and they were like, do you want to be in a film? <laughs> yeah, go on then. What's it called? Killer No. Oh, okay then. Yeah. I don't have to bribe my own costumes for it. But she's worked with some fantastic directors yes. oh, gotcha. there. That's Hitchcock, Argento, yeah. Bertolucci, Carol Reed. I mean... And she, I, I remember her mostly in Suspiria, and she was fantastic. Yeah. Um, completely wasted in this film. Yeah. Don't, don't know why she was there. Did she get second billing as well? She's quite high up on the She's cast. She's very yeah. high up on the billing. She has, what, not even five minutes no. of time. <laughs> and uh, finally we have Paula Mora, who plays Sister Matu. She was in The Daughters of Fire, Behind Convent Walls, Mechanical Island... The teacher dances with the whole class. The poster for that film looks as sketchy as the title sounds. Uh, Killing Time and What an Ugly Mess from Via Morlana. That was a title. (laughs) It was half a title. Um, (laughs) You didn't quite get it all out. Well, you know. God bless you. Small career. Bit of a theme going on. Yes. At least two numbers. That's at least uh, <laughs> the Daughters of Fire is also a nun film. So oh that's, wow! Yeah, she found her calling. Yeah. She did. <laughs> she did. Now, shall we talk about our feature presentation? Go on. Now. Why did you kill Jeannot's sister? Don't you have any faith in the police, huh? Mm-mm. No. You're wrong to be so pessimistic. The police solve crimes. It's their job. The police look out for their own interests. This is to the scalpel. What's wrong with you this morning? You know what's wrong, Doctor. She discovered certain discrepancies in the drug register. My my son was responsible. He was addicted to it. It was morphine. Of course, I should have reported it. is we notified straight away the film is based on actual events that took place in a central european country not many years ago this was a nice change the fact that it was set in what would have been present day back then okay whereas most films like this uh set 
way longer. Oh, do you mean the non non exploitation yeah, yeah. films? Yeah, they're usually sort of like medieval. Like, I mean, they're the better ones, but still, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. nice to see that this was uh, in the 70s. I don't know why it's a chainmail. I don't <laughs> chain remember chainmail in Benedetta, but okay. The Devils? The Devils. There was, there was maybe chainmail in The Devils, but... <laughs> um, Sister Gertrude... Another one of my favourite films. It's incredible. <laughs> Sister Gertrude, a nun who works in a Catholic hospital for the elderly, returns to work after healing from surgery to remove a brain tumour. She's at confession. Well, we think she's at confession. No spoilers just yet. Uh, and admits that she wants to take revenge on all men for what someone did to her. You go, Queen. You, you take revenge on everyone. Yeah, she wants to snuff out all men. She does. Like, he destroyed her happiness. Priest ain't too best pleased, does he? No. <laughs> and uh, he tells her, that's very unchristian. And uh, fuck off. Um, Realistically, it's like, shit, hang on. I'm a man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very close to her right now. Fuck. <laughs> Um, Sister Gertrude, she's a nun, she works in a Catholic hospital, but what I put, the poorly dubbed elderly, because I know we talked about the dubbing, the, the patients yeah, are okay, the that does dubbing, not, does not include. I think they're all Italian actors yeah. and actresses, and yeah, they're really badly dubbed. My yeah. favourite was the random Cockney Janet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> bizarre. <laughs> I look, we do get Morning Sister in like about 20 different accents. And yeah, and you know that's one person. That's one person. That would be one person. <laughs> morning Sister. Morning Sister. Morning Sister. Um, yeah, Sister Gertrude goes to check on two. Can you do Cockney? <laughs> well, what are the men's randomly Cockney as well? The guy who uh, gets a blowy in a wheelchair. Yeah. Alright, oh, oh, love. He's he's proper proper company. That really surprised me. Um, if, we'll get to that later on. Um, Dude, who's not a cockney? <laughs> this bitch, the Baroness. The Baroness. Who refers to herself as the Baroness. Okay. The Baroness is an absolute queen. She is a she, queen. She's a snooty bitch. Do you have nothing about the two other men who are doing exercises in their own? Was this before or after the Baroness? I don't remember Before the, the Baroness. Men. Yeah, I think okay. they're the first, I think. I don't remember they? names. Yeah. Sorry. Good, because I, I thought the scene was going to go somewhere. I had it in my notes and it didn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I so assumed he mentions get... his third leg, though. <laughs> he does <laughs> mention his third leg. Lovely. I assumed we would get some sort of exercise-based death later on. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the slasher film fan in me, but I assumed he would do some sort of stretches and just, like, his, like, his head cut off on the way up. I... Sorry, Karen. I was going to say, I assume the only reason he was shown as like this fitness mad was that it was a psychiatric hospital that it wasn't general because like, it wasn't yeah. clear what the hospital's purpose yeah. was yeah he seems to be the one that they that they make a point of showing acting like that because he does it something similar later on as well in the garden yeah yeah, yeah. but everyone else isn't like him it's, it, yeah i don't think they knew what they were doing here i feel like <laughs> no no because one guy's on Quite a bit younger than the others. Yeah. So it's not yeah. really an elderly hospital. And he's on yeah, crutches. Yeah, that's true. So, I, yeah. I don't know. It's like the smallest pool of patients. It's yeah. the yeah. biggest <laughs> hospital. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're back to our theme of um, terrible professionals. Yeah, we are, actually. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, Apart from true. The Evil Dead, almost every film has had some sort of terrible 
medical professional or someone police in a hospital. Or police, fire. Is it firefighters in one of them? I think it may have been, yeah. yeah. The, oh, the police in this film. Fuck me. They literally show up for one scene. Like, I'm saying people are being gone. regularly murdered in this hospital. <laughs> they show up for one scene and they take some random character that you don't see again in for questioning. It's true. Who, by the way, they take her off in an ambulance. They do. <laughs> which I was like, that stuck out to me the first time. And I was like, but what? <laughs> yeah. We're introduced to the Baroness. We get an amazing conversation with her. Yeah, she's the Baroness of what? We don't know. It's never established like she's the Baroness of Cornwall or... I think she is... It's like self-prescribed title. I she see. says something yeah. like, do you know who I am? My something or other was married to someone. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah, but I do love her. She's my, one of my favourites. She wants her tea in her room and she wants it hot as well. But... Gertrude's not happening. She, she's given, um, oh, what's the uh, Devil West Prada? Yeah. <laughs> I want my coffee hot. Um, yeah, so Gertrude explains that without Dr. Perot's uh, permission, she ain't having that tea in her room. So she says, quite ridiculous, absolutely no respect for this country's aristocracy. Aristocracy? Aristocracy. It's words have failed me all month. Uh, one of my ancestors went to bed with Napoleon. <laughs> um, and, and yeah. Which makes Seems more sense there. now I realise it's set in Belgium and not, not Italy. I assumed it was an Italian. Yeah, I didn't realise it was Belgium until you said I was like, oh, right. <laughs> um, Sister Gertrude is helping uh, the doctor when, when she's triggered by the sight of a scalpel and uh, tells him it's her cancer. Peter tells uh, Sister Matu that she'd look good in a bikini. Yeah. Character development. Yeah, a bit of character development. <laughs> what, for her or for him? Oh, for like four characters in two <laughs> scenes there. Bit, us knowing she'd look good in a bikini is <laughs> character development. <laughs> Sister Matu uh, has an unspoken sexual attraction to Gertrude um, and believes that her worries are legitimate. Gertrude suffers from anxiety following her surgery and believes that her cancer has returned. But Dr. Poirot, he assures her that there's no evidence for it. And he provides us with some exposition that he was the doctor who removed her tumour. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, how would we know otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. He, so, he I, I removed it for you. Yeah, as if she'd forgotten. <laughs> Do you know the timeline of when she had the surgery? got a very thick head of hair on her. She has, she has. <laughs> Consider, yeah, considering it was a surgery for a brain tumour. <laughs> and he doesn't look wiggy. I'm assuming it's not a wig. No, no. no. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. Um, Gertrude calls the mother superior. Here she is. In, in one of her two scenes. Here she is. Um, and uh, she also dismisses her fears as hypochondria. She calls her a bitch and puts the phone down. Yeah, Gertrude is fuming. Yeah. And uh, she takes it out on one of the patients, <laughs> Josephine. <laughs> this was uh, an interesting scene, wasn't it? Very interesting. Yeah. Did you? I, I really enjoyed how the Baroness was head of the dinner table, by the way. She was. Did everyone else know? Yeah. 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 She had to be head of the table. Um, yeah, Gertrude's reading them some story um, about someone getting their breasts ripped off. And uh, it's one of those stories from the Bible that you never hear. So you don't you know, the really juicy yeah. Bible <laughs> stories 
where people are like burnt alive and juicy Bible stories. Yeah, that spin-off. Yeah, juicy Bible stories. <laughs> All we hear is Jesus dude. Is that like story. Hollyoaks after hours? It was Hollyoaks <laughs> after hours. The, the juicy Bible stories. The ones they pretend don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killinan's here to expose those stories. We, we hear three of those throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Just reading them out. Um, yeah, she gets annoyed at Josephine for taking her teeth out of the table. So, in a bizarre series of events, she throws them on the floor and stomps on them until they're in pieces, much to everyone's horror. Um, then immediately apologises and offers to buy her some new ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that scene, I've just, I hate, even though they're not real teeth, yeah. I can't deal with teeth, it's horrible. <laughs> and she, oh, poor Josephine. Yeah, Josephine really gets the rough end of things in this film. Um... I mean, well, she's she just mind her own business. She doesn't get the roughest. No, but... And I'm not being funny, she probably should keep her teeth in at the dinner <laughs> table. It's very disrespectful. Well, I, I just love how Gertrude was like, oh, buy some new ones. Buy some away. new ones. <laughs> Where can you buy them from? I thought they just prescribed to you. Um, Amazon. <laughs> System of Two um, tells Gertrude that she burnt all of her x-rays so the doctors wouldn't disbelieve her anymore and then confesses her love for her. Bit of a silly thing to do, really, isn't it? I mean... And not very hidden, either. No. No, no like, it's two people were watching open. her. <laughs> In the bathroom. <laughs> Casual. System of two. I mean, she was giving me Liza Minnelli as Sally Bowles. <laughs> what? Like, that haircut. I wasn't expecting that haircut, but she took her veil off. I, I was like, oh. I think that's quintessential lesbian nun haircut, though, isn't it? I think we've seen a few. At least one of them's got that... Weird bowl cut. Yeah. Whereas, like, all the others are, like, proper, like... I think she's going for the Joan of Arc thing. Joan I think Arc she is. Had that sort of bowl... Fishbowl haircut. So, <laughs> so, is it a serve or is it not a serve? It's not a serve. No? no? It's not a serve. I'm sorry, it's not a serve. <laughs> no. Liza Minnelli can get away with it. This lady, with all due respect, cannot get away with it. It doesn't suit her at all. Fair enough. I mean, I just thought she, like she could have been playing guitar for the Go-Go's, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she's, she confesses her love for Gertrude. Is this in the middle of the night? It is. Yeah. yeah real so, touching lesbian love story. Yeah. So one thing really I've noticed from these nunsploitation <laughs> films, nuns never dress for bed. They're <laughs> yeah. always naked and softly lit. When they're in bed, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Very close to other nuns as well. Yeah. Yeah. The sheer curtain. Yeah. 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 It's just a sheer curtain. Yeah. Their session of of, uh, talking about x-rays and and their love for each other is interrupted by a call to inform them that poor Josephine's having a heart attack. (gasps) Um, Gertrude's asked to go and get help, but instead she stands outside the room and starts counting until Josephine dies before walking back in and saying... Her souls are with the angels now, Doctor. <laughs> and uh, Doctor Poirot, he says, uh, if you had more respect for her age, she'd still be alive. Is she didn't true? have the money for new teeth. That's why she's like, <laughs> oh, bitch, I ain't got that. I'm a nun. I ain't got the money for this. She's gone too soon. She didn't even have the time to finish her pack of Tuck biscuits <laughs> or her pack of assorted broken biscuits. She had two packs of biscuits on the go and she didn't finish either. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Suck on them all night. 
watching right now. She didn't finish. What? Her morphine. No, she so didn't. So Sister Gertrude steals the morphine for herself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's when uh, Cockney Janet, when she's there, she's like, oh, it's not your fault, Gertrude. And Gertrude has the biggest smile on her face. She's so pleased with herself. Like, even though it might have been a small bit. Oh, I've got Cockney Janet on my side. I don't need anyone else. <laughs> Uh, Gertrude reveals she was going to give uh, Matu her mother's wedding ring. Why? They're in love. And it's part of our love story. It's not, though. <laughs> See, I never got the... I always thought um, that it was just Matu that was in love with her. And she was That's, just like, yeah. no, but I'm going to play on it anyway. I don't know. Yeah. But I suppose she played it's, a... it's very abrupt and it not is. dealt yeah. with in much depth, <laughs> is it? But, yeah. Yeah, no, just just to get it out of there, this is absolutely not heartfelt in the slightest. This is <laughs> definitely lesbians directed by straight men. Um, Gertrude begins leading the double life in my favourite sequence of events in the film. Um, she dresses like an absolute queen. She ventures into the city and starts pursuing sexual encounters. Um, including when a waiter walks up to her and asks what she wants to drink. And she says, oh yes, it's so nice to be treated like a lady. I think I'll start of a man. That was me <laughs> when I first started on Grinder back in the day. <laughs> Man but, and cognac sound very similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you mentioned earlier, this is really great. And like, I mean, actually great sequence of events because it does feel like, uh, it, at least for this sequence anyway, it feels like it's uh, sex positive and she's mm. just owning it. She's doing what she wants. We look at it that way. Yeah. I don't feel like that's maybe the intention. I think the intention <laughs> is look at this slag. Yeah. I, I do think yeah. that's the intention. I feel very yeah, much, yeah. We, we obviously yeah. interpret it our way and we're like, yes, Queen, you you get your some. Um, she does act, I think, like a gay man. She does act like a gay where man. Where <laughs> she, she sits, she just sits down in the bar. She says to herself, look this way. Sister Gertrude is just dying to make love to you. <laughs> Wait, is that how you think? Yeah. She makes <laughs> eye contact with a man. They don't say a word. And then they go to some random place and shag. And then he pisses off, never to be seen again. I mean, is, isn't that what every game Yes, is? Sister Gertrude is the embodiment of Grindr. Yeah, um, pretty she, much grinder. Well, she sits there and she's like, no, too Latin looking for my taste. Oh, and the man with the beard. The beard, like half beard. <laughs> that was the weirdest beard I've ever seen. It was awful. <laughs> she's like, ah, oh, beard, I like this. But the woman must be his wife. Too bad. It's like, thank God. <laughs> and then she's like, ah, oh, he's rather attractive. Why don't you look this way? Oh, wow. Come on, look this way. Sister Gertrude's just dying to make love to you. <laughs> Um, but going back to what you said about the intentions of the film, the tagline on the Shameless DVD is mm. the slut is now uncut. Yeah, so that doesn't even make sense. No, because it this is the only scene mm. where she has we see her having sex. Um, so I wouldn't call that a slut. No, no. I mean, if you've been a nun for God knows how many <laughs> years, you know, it does feel out of place that scene because it's kind of never touched on again yeah you feel like it's gonna go back to it like there's no indication that she's done it before well not that i can remember that she's done it before and she's very good at it (laughs) yeah Yeah. and she knows like she's got good presence around them around men but yeah it's kind of just happens and then it's done and then Mm. that's it and i was like it was not needed but i love it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think 
and I'm, I'm coming across quite cynical. Um, I think Anita Egberg probably said, I'm not going to do a lesbian sex scene. Mm. You know, mm. but the promise is we're going to see Anita Egbert yeah. shag on screen. But oh shit, why do... I we like... didn't, it cut away. Oh wow. So we oh, never yeah. actually saw her and Matu get it on. I mean, I don't the see trailers, like, no, when you watch yeah. the trailers, it pretty yeah. much promises that you're going to see mm. Anita Egbert, you know, get it on with a lady. Well, you don't. Mm. Because she probably said, I'll... Fully clothed shagger man, <laughs> and I'll and I'll kiss a dead man with his cock on full display. No, I won't do lesbian stuff. Then let's get to that when we get to it. There's there's more to say about that. Um, but yeah, they, they go to the most random location. It is so weird. It's, it's some... like a corridor. Yeah, it's yeah. a corridor. Like some people who live by there. Like, don't go outside. Well, yeah. They... Uh, I mean, well, we went to Paris, didn't we? And we stopped somewhere quite similar. Where are you going with this? <laughs> and we saw Anita. And we were like, "Are you right?" Fancy a shag. But we, but there's like like a foyer, isn't it? And yeah. He pulls home, so they were just getting it on outside someone's they were. door, and they weren't quite about it. This is the most over-exaggerated orgasm noises I've heard in any exploitation film in the seventies. <laughs> And they're usually pretty ridiculous, but this is really over the top. And the kissing might be the most disgusting kissing I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> like, it, it is ridiculous. Okay, she's a nun. She don't know what she's doing. It's been a while. Hey, she okay. wasn't the problem. It was him. Yeah. He, he was practically eating her face. It was... Quite, it went on for too long. It did considering so long. we didn't see anything. I mean, he was fully yeah. dressed. You saw a bit of stocking from her, you know, and I'm not a pervert, but, you know, if you're going to promise a bit of TNA, you know, I expect some, thank you. Oh, the director provides plenty of that to come. Yeah. Um, but not from Anita Egberg. No. Gertrude just clearly had the best time ever, because she just goes back to the hospital and... No, uh... I, just, I just got one thing I've got on my notes. Um, did you really notice that she had on less makeup? When she was at the bar yeah. trying to get a man, <laughs> then she does when she's a nun wearing a habit. When yeah. she's got like full <laughs> eyeshadow on. Yes. Um, it always makes me laugh in films when people who shouldn't be wearing makeup are wearing makeup. I bet that was another demand for the yeah. yeah, but she's yeah. got the best eyebrows I've yeah. seen for a long time. Um, she had the best time, Gertrude, uh, despite the guy finishing in like a minute. Uh, she goes back to the hospital and starts sniffing her underwear. She does. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's her underwear. It is. Why is she going to is. remember from her underwear? <laughs> Lots. She's a nut. It's not going to happen. Often, yeah. No, it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she gets a talent off for her behavior for, for her behavior at the hospital, and then starts to regret her actions. She starts taking morphine and heroin. Um, that's been stolen from the hospital. And in a very bizarre series of events, she passes out after taking it and she starts having graphic flashbacks to her brain surgery, intertwined with staring at and then kissing a naked corpse with a gigantic penis. The prosthetics team had a great time with that one. Do you think it was? I it didn't look quite right to me. I'm not gonna That lie. was there was, was something it was very pale. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is a corpse, so I think it, I, d I don't think it was real, but if it was, 
someone's job was to paint that penis yeah like pure white <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Details about their dead penis. <laughs> I yes. think it didn't look didn't look real. Thank you for your penis reviews. Um, I mean, what would you give it out of ten? Oh god, eleven. Eleven. That's fucking huge. <laughs> size alone. Yeah, I mean, that's a guess the size. <laughs> yeah, it's a solid ten for me. Um, practical effects in this film. Speaking of which, um, I think they're pretty good. We yeah, don't get a lot yeah. of them, but when they're used, they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, meanwhile... So what do you think pissed the censors off? I don't... Usually I have a bit of trivia about that. I mm. don't know with this one. I assume it's Janet's death. But it's usually a mix of sex and violence that pissed all the Tories off. Yeah. So then. I think this is one of those that they maybe didn't watch. Yeah. Or, you know, fully mm. delve into. So I think the promise of Christianity, yeah. lesbian sex, and violence all together mm. made it onto the list. Apparently this was on the selection that sort of showed clips from mm. at court. Yeah. Because this is obviously when no one's prosecuted. Mm. Um, this was included on those clips. Because so... this is the most... I'm just thinking off the top of my head overtly religious of the films. I was going to say, I would feel like the religious yeah. themes of it is what would make it... Yeah. Um, I don't like the combination of that with the violence and how it... Because I don't think it paints the church well, even despite the other stuff that happens in it. But, mm. um, yeah, I think it's that kind of combination of stuff. But... Yeah. I mean, I suppose her kissing a naked corpse as well might have. Might do, might, might, do. might have something to do. Yeah. Um, but necromantic was that included on it? It wasn't mm. prosecuted, but I feel like it was included on the bigger list. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I, I don't see why they would have necromantic on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't prosecuted, so. Um, but this yeah. was. This was. Oh. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, thinking, you know, maybe a bit of uh, necrophilia might have. Yeah, I think that would piss Mary Whitehouse off. <laughs> uh, do we think? So we don't think Mary Whitehouse actually watched Killer Nun in four. No? I don't think so. I don't. I I I genuinely don't feel like she watched any of. The it's films. what makes me laugh though, because I mean, obviously they're saying that these films are being banned. They're saying that grown adults can't watch these films mm. and making decisions for people, but yet. Either they've watched them themselves, which makes them massive hypocrites, or they haven't watched them at all, which is just even worse. Yeah. 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 I didn't think it was... I was quite shocked that it was part of that after watching it. Mm. Not in like... It wasn't underwhelming, the fact that I didn't enjoy it, but I was kind of like, oh, there wasn't really that... That's why I think the religious aspect of it mm. is what's brought it in there. Yeah. Unless they've not watched it. But yeah, I didn't think it was that bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think the film actually promises, looking at trailers and mm. advertising, the film actually promises a bit more than it delivers. Yeah. Mm. So that might have gotten their backs up. Whilst uh, she's having her visions, she, uh, as, as what we think uh, is happening at this time, again, no spoilers just yet, uh, she bludgeons Sister Matu's grandfather, a patient at the hospital, to death with a lamp, and his body is thrown out of a window. Uh, appearing as a suicide 
Great dummy thrown out a window. Fantastic dummy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't appear as a suicide. It appears as someone's thrown a fucking dummy from a window. <laughs> That's what it appears as. What do you think to the soundtrack? I thought that sequence mm. was great. It yeah. was really, um, and kind of coming back to what we were just saying about it kind of under-delivered on that side of things, mm. I felt like they used it as a bit of a experimental. Some of the, the music and the combination with the close yeah, of the eye and yeah. stuff, it was, I really liked it. It was really interesting. And it ha- tried to go more to like that shallow side, I yeah. thought. Um, but I think they needed to use that music more. Yes. Enough of it. This should have been. I I assumed it was the main theme, but it wasn't mm. used as much as I no. thought it was going to, because that was actually used in the Red Dead Redemption um, game. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It was uh, used in that, and I, I loved the soundtrack. I actually would say the soundtrack is <clears throat> probably my favourite part of the film. Really, mm. uh, it's the one I'll go back to most. And uh, yeah, I, I wish they'd used that a bit more and kept it as theme like um yeah tenebrae or like an argento film mm. would have mm. a main theme do you know what it reminded me of you know when we saw ganja and hess every time yeah. they yeah it, that's it, true it had a bit yeah. of that to it as well yeah um a bit kind of surreal and dreamlike sort of yeah. vibe but yeah sister matu finds gertrude's veil with the with her grandfather's body uh, but pledging her loyalty, she assures her that she will not implicate her and promises to burn it to hide the evidence. In the sink again. In the sink again. Yeah, with witnesses. <laughs> Very good. Gertrude successfully uh, manages to have Dr. Poirot fired from the hospital. Gone Again, gone too soon. Gone too soon. I'm not sure what she said because she was, the, she was in trouble. Yeah. She says, well, you've said this about the doctor, you've said this. And I didn't really understand what she said in return to then have him fired. Yeah, he's just Apart randomly fired. He's a bit old. <laughs> really, yeah, he's, he's to close to retirement. Now. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't really get what she said that was so bad to get him fired. The investigations in this hospital are bizarre. I mean, th- there's a scene coming up where Gertrude pretty much looks like she's admitting to murder and all of the patients are like, okay, let's just go about our day. And like, no one reports her. Like, it, yeah. Again, keeping up with our trend from this month. Yeah. Uh, following the doctor's dismissal, the young and handsome Dr. Patrick Rowland is hired as his replacement. Yes. Yeah. So this is Joe D'Alessandro. Yes. Looking like Paul Weller in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> he looks a bit like Toby Maguire. He did. <laughs> <laughs> the hair's quite greasy. It's yeah. Very yeah. slicked back. I wasn't a huge fan. No. It brought my favourite line, though, this scene. <laughs> where, um, is it Pete or Peter? I can't remember which one. The guy on the crutches is walking with Sister Matu's like, oh, it's a new doctor. Do you find him attractive? <laughs> yeah. It's like, right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's also followed by some more fantastic dialogue when all the patients are introducing themselves to him. Um, we get the sirens, we get every episode as well. They've heard <laughs> what you've been saying about them. Uh, yeah, so the first one says, you won't have much work to do here, Doc. Someone else says, there, there is the fiddle, that's me. Fit as a fiddle. 
I thought he said there is the no, fiddle. No, he's the he's he's calling himself fit as a fiddle. Yeah, yeah. because he's the old man at exercises yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone else says, "Doctor, I have eleven kids." <laughs> she says, "There's no cure for that." There's no cure. Then. Very true. And then that same guy who was doing the exercising says, "Do you have something for diarrhea, Doc? <laughs> diarrhea drains your vitamin D and weakens your sex drive." <laughs> I mean, I don't know why Dr. Roland wasn't like, okay, fuck this, what is going uh, on here? Turn around to Andy immediately. Did you hear what the Baroness said to no. the patient? So one of the, the Baroness is going over with another patient. Uh, it wasn't Cockney. It may have been the Cockney one. Um, but she says, uh, she says that uh, her stomach is rumbling. She's so hungry. And the Baroness says, ladies don't talk about their bodily functions. <laughs> I think that is to Janet because I bet she's like following her around. So many good lines. It's because she's been staring at those tuck biscuits and the salted biscuits the whole time. Oh, she, she just, just wants to. She feels didn't she? bad taking them. <laughs> uh, the patients and Sister Matu decide they want to play the truth game with Gertrude. Okay, I have an issue with the truth game because it's not a game. It's not a game. <laughs> it's like, can we ask you a question? Game. Let's play the truth game. It feels like they forgot, didn't know how to tie that bit. Lucy's <laughs> yeah, again, they were like, what can we put in? <laughs> it was like, like if it was an interview, like Fro yeah. Frost Nixon and Frost turned to us and let's play the truth game, Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just ask, he just asked a question. So Peter asked Gertrude why she killed... Why she... <laughs> who did she kill? So, oh, the, the granddad. Did yeah. He, does he get a name, the granddad? I don't... I feel like it was Janu or something that sounded similar. Janu. I'm going to say Janu. So Peter just says, oh, Sister Gertrude, why did you kill Janu? But this is the scene I was on about, and she's just there like, I, I don't know what you're on about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Sister Matu, whose grandfather it was, yeah. just like, let's just go now. <laughs> ruin the game. So don't ask that question, please. It's rude. And then one of the patients asks uh, why she keeps making them pray so much, and apparently it's against his religion. Um, he goes off on quite the rant. Oh, uh, he's an anarchist. He is. An atheist. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't really have an answer for that or the killing question. Uh, so. The game comes to an abrupt end with a really awkward silence. Like, we see them walking away for far too long. It yeah. goes on for ages. There are moments of travel in this film that go on for far too long. <laughs> um, during a rainstorm, Gertrude witnesses Cockney Jonathan, uh, an elderly male patient, having sex with a young female orderly in his wheelchair outside. Um, yeah, this is when his accent really took me by surprise. Ah, come on, Trish. Here it is. Down on your knees, darling. Oh, fucking hell. Who did the voiceover for that? <laughs> oh, it's one of the worst scenes. It's so grim. It is really so is. grim. Horrible. It really is. I mean... It's... She just stares. Just like yeah, horrified. She just, just, yeah. just walk away, Gertrude. It's super camp, though. I, I did find it <laughs> super camp. I mean, her eyes are popping. They're, they're, they're there. They're going. There's the dramatic lighting, the dramatic lightning. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, come on, Trish, here it is. 
referring to his penis. <laughs> it's pissing yeah, he down points at it. Ray. He points at his he penis like he doesn't it. know where it is. I mean, Gertrude <laughs> is getting soaking wet and... She's literally out in it. She's not hidden at all, no, is she? She's and... probably like two feet away, just like <laughs> staring. And I don't know where she got waterproof mascara from. <laughs> you know, I don't know where these nuns are getting waterproof mascara from. But um, yeah, I thought it. I thought it was high, high camp. I love this. <laughs> it was scene. a bit much so for. Things. It was a bit much for. Um, it was a lot for a scene that's there for you know a bunch of straight men to get their jollies off in the late seventies. I mean, that's that's a lot of effort to go to. Well, yeah. I mean, this Trish, we we see a close up of her breasts when her, her sort of top's been lifted up. Of course, like, really. This, you know, so unnecessary. Can you not be a bit more creative? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Some of these films we watch, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no issue with, you know, if actresses want or actors want to get undressed for the role, you know, I have absolutely no issue with it. But be a bit more creative with that. Yeah, a bit more interesting. <laughs> it just felt unnecessary though, because I mean, we watched two characters have sex in a hallway. Mm. Fully clothed. Yeah. You know, and then the, these two are out in the pouring rain, you know, thunder and lightning, yeah. and uh, that's the right time to get a close-up shot of her without a top on. Mm. It just felt extra seedy. Yeah. 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 Um, later, Gertrude awakens from a nightmare in which she suffocates Jonathan um, for that terrible accent. She's unable to figure out whether it was a dream or if she might have actually committed another murder. Oh. So... We get a very bizarre series of events um, with her and Sister Matu. Uh, one that doesn't go on for very long and ends very abruptly, where she calls her a foolish little bitch and the worst type of prostitute. She accuses her of being a fake lesbian and a whore and forces her to wear silk stockings and scene ends. Yes. <laughs> um, Within the space of a couple of minutes. I did think you missed a line of dialogue there. Did I? Yeah. Um... I don't know if you, you caught it, Kim. But Gertrude accuses Matu of flaunting her big floppy breasts at her. Is that what she chance. says? <laughs> and also flirting with the new doctor, making her a whore. And maybe not as much of a lesbian as Gertrude had initially yeah, she thought. Yeah, called her a fake lesbian. Despite her being a nun, Gertrude says she will. She still refer. Uh, excuse me. She still prefers men. But if she is to sleep with a woman, she needs to wear silk stockings <laughs> and she forces Matu to she put does. on a pair. And then Matu goes over and it cuts. Yeah. So you don't, you don't yeah. see any of what all the... I, I know I keep going on, but it's the truth. All of what the advertising was promising was yeah. that we were going to get this uh, lesbian sex scene. Um, very strange. Very strange dialogue. I, 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 I have to, It caught me off guard. The... The big floppy breasts. Because <laughs> they're one, they're not. <laughs> it's just insulting. <laughs> Who wrote this? I mean, I'm not. That is high camp, you know. <laughs> her, like just giving her a read, <laughs> reading her to filth <laughs> for no reason. No. Like, what is this for? Who is this for? And you can tell the. Can tell it's written by a man with this not yeah, being saying yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Also, where are the nuns getting all this from? Why are the nuns mm -hmm. got silk stockings, waterproof mascara, 
you know, an engagement rings. Like, I thought they were meant to get rid of everything before they became nuns. Tell me you're not the target audience for this film without telling me you're not the target audience I for mean, this film. Did Whoopi Goldberg lie to me? I mean, what's going on here? Julie Andrews would never. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the uh, convents will be um, saying it's not accurate. <laughs> That's their only complaint about the film. That's not what we do. <laughs> Do you think the actress who plays Sister Matilda, do you think she was reading through the scripts like, oh, fake lesbian, and your big floppy... T- hey, hang on a minute. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the entire scene is completely unnecessary. Did not need to happen. Adds absolutely nothing to the film whatsoever. Mm. This entire lesbian storyline adds nothing to the fucking plot. Do you think big floppy tits yeah. was a mistake in the um, translation, oh. in the translation. <laughs> so, like, maybe there's a more um, a more accurate and flattering word in the Italian version, <laughs> but, it, but it translates to English to floppy. And so the actress she watches it in Italian is like, oh, that's lovely, you know. I really do have lovely perky breasts, and then she watches the English version, like, hey. <laughs> Any Italian supporter yeah. prefer or deny? Yeah, anyone know Italian? What's what's Italian for floppy? I, I feel like, I feel like uh, I, I do feel like whoever's doing dubbing was just making it all up as they're going along at some points in this. I mean, like the diarrhea dialogue a few scenes back. Yeah, did someone actually write that? <laughs> Jonathan's corpse is found the following morning in the grass, and Florence is taken in for questioning. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Who's Florence? We have no fucking idea. Who's Florence? Kim, do you have any idea who Florence is? Is she not the woman who he was having sex with? That was Trish. That was Trish. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, then I have no yeah. idea. She looked the same, though. But <laughs> she did look the same. Do you think they just got the name mixed up? I definitely... I absolutely <laughs> I'm going to assume that. So. Probably more believable. Yeah. But, yeah, when they find his corpse, he's still moving and everything yeah. <laughs> and then she gets taken away in an ambulance <laughs> 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 yeah she, she's taken away in an ambulance by the police um, and seemingly they're happy with that that's case closed case closed problem solved end of film so what do you <laughs> think <laughs> we then um, get a group clapping session <laughs> yeah which is apparently is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not sure what this is about. Um, then we get a prayer for Jonathan, and Gertrude has a nervous breakdown before someone hits her over the head. Who do we think did it? This is my two. Yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. sorry for a funny guess. <laughs> no, um, I didn't see her get hit over the head, actually. Did you not? miss that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, with some sort of... Or bar. Oh, I thought she was making that up. No, no, she gets hit over the head. Wasn't it with um the crutch? One of the yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god! All my notes after this are based on the fact that she got hit. Over... She didn't actually get hit over the <laughs> wow. head. Sorry to disappoint you. I can't go on. <laughs> uh, shortly after, Cotley Janet uh, is bound and gagged by an unseen assailant and ritualistically stabbed in the face with needles and slashed in the head and neck by a scalpel. This scene is fucking grim. Yeah, so the idea is that Cockney Janet has 
seen what happens. Yeah. Mm. And um, she's a little reluctant to come forward to grass anyone up. Um, so she gets shut up instead. Um, yeah, this is this is quite graphic. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the best. It's probably my favourite place. Well, probably favourite scene, actually. The mm. effects are really good. Yeah. Um, but I think as well, um, you know when she's doing the readings at the beginning when they're all having dinner? I think one of the things she talks about is having needles in the mouth that open uh, and stuff. Okay. So I think it like replicates that as well. Yeah. Quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really it it's kind of out of place because it's actually quite a creepy scene as well. Like mm. it's just really you know the way it's shot, the way the soundtrack's used, um, and in some instances not used in the scene. Um, and this it just fits really image well. Yeah. As well was a big one for the advertising. Yeah, and it's it's a really great horror scene, but. Compared to everything else that happens in the film, which is like more camp and yeah, it does feel out of place. Yeah, yeah. 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 This feels more giallo. It I, does. I yeah. feel. Yeah. This moment kind of reminded me more... of uh, opera. Yeah, definitely mm. opera or, or any of them really. Mm. They've all got that sort of cutting away from someone being tortured kind of scene. Yeah. Um. It was it, one thing about the film as well is that. The, the sex and the death are actually quite separate. The, yeah. Despite the wheelchair um, Trish scene, you know, the, the sex and the death are quite separate. So it's mm. not that sexual violence. I'm thinking something like uh, New York Ripper, mm. which is very seedy and yeah. really quite trashy in its over-sexualized violence. And a lot of Giallo films could be accused of that. Mm -hmm. And this one, I felt that they kept it separate, so it didn't feel as grimy. Yeah. It didn't feel as misogynistic as a lot of these genres mm. do feel. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that, I assume. Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a bit refreshing for the time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Uh, glad you were getting stabbed in the face. Just also glad that you were fully clothed. <laughs> Oh, poor Courtney Janet. <laughs> <laughs> After Courtney Janet's body is found hanging in an elevator shaft, Dr. Rowland seduces... No, he does not seduce her. He sedates... Oh, excuse me. I'm used to seeing seduce everywhere in my fucking notes, and now <laughs> sedates uh, a panicked Gertrude. I liked the scene where Sister Gertrude finds Janet's yeah, body yeah, yeah. and the, the blood's dripping on her. Um, she's wearing a cleaning gloves. She, she is. Well, any little fun fact: when I was trying to do some research for the film, because there's not there's much not out there, um, I obviously looked for it on YouTube to see if anyone had done like essays or anything on it. What I did find was what I believe to be a kind of fetish video highlighting Anita Egberg with pink latex gloves on. That's a very specific fetish. Yeah. But it did... It, I mean, that was... It was Anita Egberg pink gloves. And that seemed to be the highlight of the, the video. And the reason for the video. I mean, you do you, but that is very, very specific. It is. Um. I mean, considering the film as well, it's, it's a bit It's a bit out there, isn't it? Yeah, sexiest scene in the film is those pink gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's not. I, I mean, had me questioning my sexuality at one no, point. No, I mean we're not kink shaming anyone. It was just, it was just a weird thing. I'm like, I'm looking for research, and all I can find is the, the highlighting these pink gloves. And then I was like, watching the film afterwards, I'm like, 
think gloves aren't really that important. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's ve- it is very like difficult. Isn't, isn't Johnny killed with pink gloves though? Yeah, like she is. In, like normal she is. yellow films, you would have the black gloves. Yeah. So I suppose pink, yeah. this is the red herring for us uh, to think Sister Gertrude is the killer. Yeah, I'll be mm. completely honest with you. All I could think of is those uh, Kim Woodburn cleaning gloves and Poundland. Yes, yeah. that's that's all <laughs> I do, could they see. They do look like my Kim Woodburn Poundland. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to say you gloves. brought them, but <laughs> did you make the video? <laughs> <laughs> I am Anita. <laughs> Uh, when Gertrude awakens, she confronts Peter, who claims to have knowledge of who is committing the killings. <gasps> Gertrude believes him, assuming she's being framed, and uh, he won't reveal any further details to her. So, unfortunately for us, she steals his crutches from him, leading to about 20 minutes of Peter climbing the <sighs> fucking stairs with his wife fronts popping out every now and then. <laughs> oh my god. This really is. This dragged the film down for me. It went on for so long. Mm. Absolute so painstaking. Like, what is the point? What is the reason for us to watch this man crawling up some stairs where his fucking trousers are falling down <laughs> and he has to keep pulling them back up? Like, what is this for? It was, yeah, it. I found the ending. That that part of it very testing. Yeah. Both, both times I watched it this week. Oh my god. Yeah, this is what more of what I remember from when we first watched it. I don't remember much else from when we first watched it a few years back. Um, I, I enjoyed it more this time, but I do remember thinking back then, oh God, it's so boring. Now, this is what I remembered. Just him climbing up the fucking stairs. Yeah. From, from this moment forward, it is kind of boring. Yeah. Because we tediously watch him climb the stairs, crawl up them. And then we're like, okay, is Peter going to save the day? Is this why they're making such a big point of him crawling up the stairs? You know, because if he was going to get killed, could have fucking killed him on the first step, <laughs> for fuck's sake. So he gets to the top, grabs his crutch, and like, no, he's murdered. In the most boring way. Kicked in the head a few he's kicked times. Kicked in the head. Bloody boring. All the way up those stairs just for that. I mean, Cockney Janet, all she needed to do was be Cockney, and uh, she got a proper great death. She, she, <laughs> she really got punished, didn't she? And Peter, he's just boring for the whole film. And, well, I suppose it's quite fitting, really. Yeah, I suppose. Boring so. character, boring death. Uh, his body is found in the boiler room and Gertrude is escorted out of the hospital and met by the mother superior. Questionable whether it's actually her or not with the shot that they use yes. um, from behind. Uh, she scolds her for her behaviour and has her sent to an isolation cell to be sedated. Yeah, so um, definitely not in the same scene together. No. Anita Egberg and uh, um, Elida Valley. Alida Verlip, she she literally had like a couple of hours spare and you know, just just film it here, okay. Just get it a really close up so it doesn't matter where I am. And yeah, done. You know, second billing, thanks, love. You know. <laughs> Decent payday. Yeah. And then ten years later she says, Oh, you're rolling killer nerd. She said, Was I in killer nerd? No idea. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, meanwhile, Sister Matu confesses to Dr. Rowland uh, to stealing drugs for Gertrude and threatens to commit suicide if she's exposed. Uh, she then begins to seduce him. Yes. Yeah. Because he just needed some more female news. It's, it's, absolutely it's been a while since we've seen some. Yeah. So. Um, again, so unnecessary. It's unbelievable. It's really boring. Mm. This is where my mind gets foggy yeah. about the end of the film. Yeah. 
this is the image used on a lot of the posters as well. Her going down on him. But never actually going down on him. Yeah. Again, it promises more than it delivers. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, isolated in her cell, Sister Gertrude, uh, she is detoxing from her drug abuse. And she starts to remember that Sister Matu is the killer. <gasps> I I was shocked. I was absolutely gagged. I did not see this coming. Why I not? didn't either. Well, who did you think it was then? I thought it was Gertrude. Oh, so you you yeah. didn't think... But jealous are always like a bit of a mystery. They are, yeah. A lot of the time watching this, I forgot I was watching a jello. Oh, okay. And uh, like I said, we watched this before and I completely forgot this ending. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was really surprised. I mean, it's obviously going to be one of the two, like you, you said earlier before we recorded. You know, she is a lesbian. It's 1979. There's a good chance she's going to be the killer. But yes. at the same time, Gertrude is having mental health struggles. That's also a red herring in the 70s for someone being a murderer. Yeah, I suppose so. so it could have been either. Yeah. But I, I was convinced it was Gertrude actually doing it. Um, so, well done, filmmakers, for that. Something we did right. Um... But yeah, it's still a smidge homophobic. It, it is a smidge homophobic. <laughs> the, well, what they sort of, t- and then it's it's really annoying actually. The 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 ending of this film is the thing that really sort of annoys me yeah. about it because everything else is quite fun. They kind of just explain it away, not necessarily you know because she's a lesbian who's in love with Gertrude. It suggests at the end that her grandfather abused her as a child. Yeah. And that's why she's doing all this. Yeah, so... And why she says she wants to punish all men. I mean... The character confessing at the start is Sister Matu. Yeah, and then at the end, it's sort of the big reveal of what it is, and then it's the end. Like, okay, mm. you're using sexual abuse mm. as a number one a plot device yeah and number two as a legitimate reason for her to be a mass murderer you know yes yeah. it's stupid and i know it's a sign of the times and you know you would never have that now hopefully you know touch words mm. you would never get that as a reason I hope not. but i mean you'd the other you know you thought sister gertrude was well, Sister Gertrude is a heroin addict, mm. you know, who's maybe having complications from a brain tumour. I mean, mm-hmm. that's still not great, but it, it kind of explains a bit more yeah. why she would be having, you know, um, murderous tendencies. But it's lit- literally the reason is because she's a lesbian who was abused by her grandfather as a child. Yeah. And that's why she's the murderer like meh, you know yeah we'll try again that was that's not the one sorry and sorry to end <laughs> but that is literally <laughs> how the time. film ends no, that, is... that is how the yeah. film ends i mean there's no you know it, it's it's quite a dark ending because there's that revelation mm. no one you know gets punished for anything really i mean sister gertrude gets the help that she needs because she I mean, she is a drug addict, you know, but everyone thinks that she's the murderer and Sister Matu gets away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's a shame. Actually. Yeah. Agreed. It was an underwhelming ending for what was quite fun and experimental for most of it. And then it was just a yeah. bit, I don't know, it felt a bit throwaway at times. And then, like you said, the kind of shoehorning in of those explanations. 
Yeah. Air closed explanations. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much how we get any sort of uh, exposition in the film as well, through those like scenes of just characters mentioning things that are convenient for the scene. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, the ending is, is, is terrible. It's a great twist until the motivations are revealed. Yeah, I would have liked the big reveal to be Dr. Uh, Perot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would have been I bad. mean, that would have made sense, you know, setting up Sister Gertrude, because he always hated her. I mean, that would have been a great reveal. Yeah. You know, and when I do the remake, that <laughs> will be the ending. So just pretend I never said that. Yeah, that's killing none. That is killing her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said it before, I think the soundtrack is what I would go back to yeah. in the future. Because I really like I'd love to get mm. it on vinyl. I think it's a fantastic soundtrack. Am I going to watch the film within the next 10 years? Unlikely. I might watch <laughs> it again at some point. But yeah, it's... it's, it's... Yeah, it's all yeah, right. I, it's all right. I had more fun with it this time than I did the first time we watched yeah. it. That's, that's for certain. I must have been in a bad mood that day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this the, the camp value is it makes it worth watching alone. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot to enjoy and a lot to laugh at, but then yeah, it's a weird mix. I don't know. Yeah, I really struggled to kind of rate this one. I think, but yeah, I I enjoyed the, my time with it though. So. So let's get to the awards. Biggest queen. Who do we? Uh, I I feel like there's two answers here, but I gave it to Sister Gertrude. Yeah, Sister Gertrude very specifically. The scene where she goes into town. Out of none drag. <laughs> so when she's out on the town, when she's giving us Julia from Hellraiser, <laughs> that's when I I thought she was the biggest queen. Yeah, I think she's I. Bought her, but I was like, I have to go left field and went with the Baroness. Yeah, that was my oh, other choice. Yeah. She, she reminded me of the cast of Steel Magnolias as well. <laughs> yeah. She, her pink hair and yeah, her ridiculous kind of like ladylike comments. But yeah, loved her. Uh, biggest gasp, I've got the Sister Matu killer reveal. I got the dummy being pushed out the window reveal. <laughs> flopping on the way down. I put... Josephine's fake teeth being stopped on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good that, choice. that might make another appearance on the awards. Um, <laughs> best dialogue, it has to be. One of my ancestors went to bed with Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It had to be flaunting your big fluffy breasts at me. I, I do apologise. I just, it was so out of nowhere. That should have been biggest gasp. Actually, <laughs> I had. A few noted down, but I've got two that I can't decide between. The first one is when Gertrude's at the bar and she says, I think I'll start with the man. <laughs> or when Peter says to Machu, that's a new doctor, do you find him attractive? Because <laughs> that's the first thing you ask when the new doctor arrives. Uh, that's camp. I have, you guessed it, Sister Gertrude smashing Josephine's teeth. <laughs> I've got Stormy Evening, Old Man Blowy, Anita Egberg, <laughs> Eyes Are Popping, and Waterproof Mascara, High Camp. I had a Sister Gertrude at all times, basically. <laughs> um, but then when she's out looking for a man, just going through all the people yeah. in the <laughs> I love that the best. And finally, Nastiest Moment, I have Janet stuff. 
Poor Janet. Mm, same. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Poor Janet. Cockney Janet. <laughs> and ratings. I give it seven Napoleon dick appointments out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I gave it six big floppy breasts. <laughs> I couldn't resist. That oh, my dog is boring so now. Dog with me. Just give it six rosaries out of ten. Oh. <laughs> I'm not as imaginative. Uh, masterpiece, trash to beach, trash or basic. I mean, it's not really any, really. I yeah, I've got it in between somewhere between trash to piece and basic. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit tame for what i was mm-hmm. kind of expecting but there were some great moments in it yeah that made it not fully basic or just complete trash so yeah 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 no i completely agree yeah absolutely uh if anyone listeners wants to check it out if you haven't already it's available on dvd and video on demand and i recommend if you enjoyed this checking out benedetta yes i was gonna recommend you that <laughs> he does that every time <laughs> he's always the first one there no, no, no. <laughs> I also recommend The Devils. There we go. Kim, you can have Benedetta. <laughs> uh, I recommend Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Um, a giallo about a woman who doesn't really know if she's a murderer or not. Really good Lucio Fulci film. Yes. So if you are a fan of Killer Nun, big Killer Nun fan club, uh, <laughs> talk to us on social media. We're Horrorcourt Trash Over on Facebook and Instagram. Horrorcourt Trash on Twitter. I'm Gaz 92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And don't forget to check out Gasp Horror Fest across social media as well. A new thing we will be plugging and forcing upon you every single week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on everything else. Rating on Spotify. Kim, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for choosing this camptastic film. film. <laughs> <laughs> and where can we find you on social media? Um, so on Instagram, it's kims.cinema.escape and letterbox is k underscore cinema underscore escape, I think. Oh, God. Um, bit my links to my letterbox is on my Instagram. So come on over. Amazing. And then if the podcast comes back, fingers crossed, next year, <laughs> it's Cinema Mumble Podcast. Brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. We will be back next week starting our Christmas episodes with I'm very proud of this title. A very 90s Christmas tree song. <laughs> where we'll be discussing the Christmas tree, the Christmas light, and the nuttiest nutcracker, all terrible <laughs> 90s animated Christmas films under an hour. Yes. And it was all Chris's idea. It was all my idea. I am so excited. This is <laughs> going the right to word? be a ri- Excited is the word, yes. Um, this is going to be the highlight of our Christmas. Just full stop. Period. <laughs> okay. Done. Um, in that case, we'll be back same time. <laughs> same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.